Welcome to this podcast featuring Amir Sarfati, founder and president of Behold Israel. Behold Israel provides biblical teachings through its tours, speaking events, and social media. It's also a reliable and accurate source for developments in Israel and the region. Amir's live updates and teachings are based on God's written word. Connect with Behold Israel on Telegram, Facebook, YouTube, and Instagram. Download our free app, available on Android and Apple, under Behold Israel. Today's message is the mystery of the blindness. And it's from Romans 11, verses 25 to 27. I'm going to read that portion of scripture and then uh, we'll pray and and start. Romans 11, 25 to 27. For I do not desire, brethren, that you should be ignorant of this mystery, lest you should be wise in your own opinion, that blindness in part has happened to Israel until the fullness of the Gentiles has come in. And so all Israel will be saved. As it is written, the deliverer will come out of Zion and he will turn away ungodliness from Jacob. For this is my covenant with them when I take away their sins. Father, we thank you for your word. Your word is true. And we ask now that you will sanctify us by this truth. We bless your name and we ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. So what an amazing portion of scriptures from one of my favorite chapters of one of my favorite epistles. The epistle to the Romans, it's, it's a very, very unique book. You have to understand that when Paul wrote that book, he wasn't in Rome. He has not been to Rome yet. He wrote a book to a church that he heard of, longed to be there and visit them, but couldn't for many reasons. And it's interesting because um, The church in Rome may have been started, by the way, by Romans who returned from Jerusalem after witnessing the events of Pentecost. The Bible says in Acts chapter 2 verse 10, when it describes who was in Jerusalem during that time, they were from different places and there were also Jews and Gentiles from Rome. And they returned back to Rome and they started a church. We're not even sure if the church was started in a synagogue or a a, a different place, but we know that there were about three synagogues in Rome during that time across the Tiber where the Vatican is today. It's called in the the, um, Italian language, Trestevere, beyond the Tiber. And um, over there, there was a Jewish population. The Jewish people, uh, I don't know if you know, but in the Roman era, they were religia, uh, re- religion that was, uh, let's say, not really uh, loved or appreciated, but at least it was a religion that they could deal with. Why? Because Judaism, let's face it, is not calling for, for anyone else to become a Jew. Okay? You're a Jew, you're a Jew. You're not a Jew, don't become a Jew. <laughs> then comes Christianity. And what is Christianity all about? Can somebody be born a Christian? No. There is no such thing. 
No person on planet Earth ever in the history of planet Earth was born a Christian. Wait a minute, it says Christian on my birth certificate. It's wrong. <laughs> You're not a Christian until you become a Christian. A Christian is the follower of Christ. When you were two days old, were you a follower of Christ? Of course not. What I'm trying to say is Christianity is all about making disciples. And that was the religion that the Romans persecuted. And it was known as religia praver, perverted religion. Because you're causing the Romans to abandon the Roman gods and to worship another god. Well, the Jews, they don't call anyone to worship the God of Israel. They are the Jews and they worship the God of Israel. That's it. And so the church in Rome started from Gentiles who became now followers of Jesus and now believe in the God of Israel and Jews who already believed in the God of Israel, but now they turn around. Jews in the first century were not called to convert. Let's make it very clear. A converter is something that takes one system and converts it to another system. For many gods into one god, you need a converter. <laughs> Jews already believed in one God, but they went the wrong way. They needed to turn around. They needed to repent. You understand that? Nowhere in the scriptures it says to a Jew, convert. It says repent. That's the message of Jesus in the cities of the Jews, in Capernaum and others. And so Jews who repented and Gentiles who converted formed together now a new church in Rome and Paul, in chapter 15, he says, I've made in my, in, it my aim to preach the gospel not where Christ was named, lest I should build on another man's foundation, but as it is written in Isaiah 52, by the way, to whom he was not announced, they shall see, and those who have not heard shall understand. And he says, for this reason I also have been much hindered from coming to you. Paul realized maybe the reason why he couldn't go there is because the, the gospel had been preached already there, and he needed to be elsewhere when it had not been preached yet. But he really wanted to go there. And eventually he made it to Rome. He was a Roman citizen, after all, if you remember. And he made it to Rome, but not to the uh, Trump Hotel. <laughs> he was under arrest twice in Rome. It's a house arrest, twice. And during that lockdown that he experienced, he did not write posts against the lockdown. <laughs> he wrote the letter to the Ephesians, Colossians, Philippians, Philemon, and then in the second time he was there, he actually wrote the last epistle before he died, and that's 2 Timothy, where he knew he already completed the race. He ran the race, he fought the fight, and that's it. He's coming to the end of his road. But he never sat there and murmured and cried. In fact, in the last chapter of the book of Acts, he invites all the Jewish leaders to the house arrest. And he's in chains. And they all sit around him. And he says, look, I called you because I wanted to talk to you. you look, uh, you know, our nation, I have nothing against our nation. I, I, I'm part of us, you know, I'm one of the nation. But what you have to understand, it is for the hope of Israel that I am bound in chains. So the hope of Israel is Jesus. And that's why I'm in chains. It's not anything else. The book of Romans was written while he was where? 
in Corinth. Corinth was Amsterdam and steroid. Corinth was a very bad city. It had a big shrine for Aphrodite on the top of the hill above the city called Acro-Corinth, Upper Corinth. And there was a shrine there, and the shrine had hundreds of female prophetesses that were actually prostitutes. And, and suddenly, all the men in the region were spiritual. <laughs> they all flocked to Corinth to worship you know, the goddess over there and to really participate in that worship. And all the women said, wow, my husband is very spiritual lately. <laughs> Listen, people really thought that they are spiritual by doing that. Some of them even went to that temple, did what they did, and came to the church to hear the good news. And they would, uh, you know, do that back and forth. And Paul said, you can't do that. <laughs> this is not how it works. Ladies and gentlemen, he was there in Corinth. He wanted to run away from Corinth. And his God who said to him in a vision at night, stay here because I have many more people in this city. And he stayed. And while he stayed, he wasn't angry. He wrote the epistle to the Romans. And unlike the letters to the Corinthians where he wrote from other places, he knew the Corinthian church very well. He's been there enough time. This one hates this one, this one hates this one, this one doesn't like this one. So every time he wrote something to the Corinthians, he would address those issues. However, he doesn't know anyone in Rome. So the epistle to the Romans is pure doctrine. It's the longest, and it's in a way, the, the, it's without any situational issues. And straight from the very beginning, we're being introduced to a concept and a principle that was only known in the Old Testament then, and yet was unknown to the Gentiles. And that's the special role that Israel has in the plan of God. Gentiles didn't know that. Hardly Israel understood that themselves. But the prophets of Israel kept writing that. And in Romans chapter 1, verse 16, Paul says, beginning, the first chapter, For I am not ashamed of the gospel of Christ, for it is the power of God to, what? Salvation for everyone. Say everyone. Amen. Everyone who believes. But then he says, to, for the Jew first, and also for the Greek. Now comes all the insecurity of the Gentiles. Welcome come the Jews first. Wait a minute, I thought we were, I thought he said everyone. I thought, yes, everyone, but to the Jew first. <laughs> Wait a minute, am I second class? No, you're not, but to the Jew first. <laughs> so, is God favoring the Jews over the Gentiles? No, not at all, but to the Jew first. <laughs> I don't understand. You're contradicting yourself. No, I'm not. Not at all. To the Jew first. I didn't say that. He said that. In Acts chapter 13, verse 46, when Paul and Barnabas were uh, ministering to the Jews in Antioch, and they were not welcomed by the Jews in Antioch, what did they say? It was necessary that the word of God should be spoken to you, what? First. They didn't say, unfortunately, we have to say that we have to come to you. For no, it was necessary. That was the way God is doing things. 
The way the gospel was actually communicated to the whole world was so that you shall receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you and you shall be witnesses to me in what? Jerusalem and all Judea and Samaria and to the end of the earth. God is having an order in which he advances. And he's not asking for your opinion. And it's interesting because if you say, how come the Jews get all the things first? Well, let me tell you how come. Let's go to Romans chapter 2. Tribulation and anguish on every soul of man who does evil of the Jew first. How about that? You see, that's how God deals to the Jew first. Whether it's good things or bad things, they always got it first. And, and you should say thank you for that. Why? Because you learn what to do and what not to do. Hello? But glory, honor, and peace to everyone who works what is good. To the Jew first. And also to the Greek. And now comes the point. For there is no partiality with God. God does not favor someone over others. To the Jew first is just the way he advances. When you drive a car on your way to uh, the, your favorite cafe and there's three stoplights, you go through the first one first. Oh, how come the first stop is first? Because it's first. It's not better. It's not nicer. It's not higher. It's not lower. It's just first. On the way to the third, you go through the first. That's all. Amos chapter 3, verse 1 to 2. Hear this word that the Lord has spoken against you, O children of Israel, against the whole family which I brought up from the land of Egypt, saying, You only have I known of all the families of the earth, therefore I will punish you for all your iniquities. How about that? See, to whom much is given, now we understand. Sometimes to be first is not only for the good things. But we know God has no partiality. In Galatians 3, for as many as you were baptized into Christ, have put on Christ, there is neither Jew nor Greek, there is neither slave nor free, there is neither male nor female, for you are all one in Christ Jesus. If you check things the way how God loves, appreciate, and, 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 and you know, wants to save, we're all the same. There is no difference. There is no, I mean, obviously there is a female and a, fame, and a male, and, and there's only female and a male. Hello? But, but what I'm trying to say <laughs> is that as far as God is concerned, he's not favoring male over female. Oh, he's not favoring a slave over a master or a Jew over a Greek. No. So why is Paul giving the Jewish people such an important role in his epistle to the Romans? Why? It's because this doctrine. Because this is pure doctrine. And you have to understand, if you want to understand God, his name is the God of Israel. And if you want to understand Jesus, he is the Lion of the tribe of Judah. And if you want to understand the heart of God and the plan of God, you cannot ignore Israel. They play a significant role in the way God is approaching our planet here. And I want you to understand, the first thing Paul is writing is, Brethren, I do not want you to be ignorant. 
Why would he say that? Because people are ignorant. Why would he say do not murder? Because people murdered. Hello? So I guess believers can be ignorant. Very ignorant. Ignorance can be the result of lack of education, lack of security. But ignorance is ignorance. Is when you don't allow yourself to know the full plan of God, when you don't allow yourself to read and understand what God said before, what he's saying now, and what he's going to do even in the future. The way God is dealing with Israel, indeed, I agree, is a mystery. The word in Greek, mysterion. It appears several times in the New Testament. It's something that is there, but we cannot understand until it is revealed to us. Ladies and gentlemen, in Genesis 17, Abraham, it was said, I will make you exceedingly fruitful. I will make nations of you. I will establish my, co establish my covenant between me and you. And for an everlasting covenant, I will give you and your descendants after you the land as an everlasting possession. I will be their God. God it's all about God. It's not about them. It's not about Israel. It's about the God of Israel. Don't ever ever try to be like Israel. He's not asking you to be a Jew. Exodus 33, Moses in the desert. The children of Israel just sinned with a golden calf, if you remember. God says, I do not want to be in the midst of their camp. Take me out of there to take the tent of meeting outside. And Moses is so, so, so perplexed by this whole thing. And, 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 and God says, this is not going to work like that. And Moses says to the Lord, I pray that if I have found grace in your sight, show me now your way that I may know you and that I may find grace in your sight. And then he says, don't leave me alone here with them. <laughs> Consider that this nation is your people. I don't want to get stuck with them. You lead me. You lead me and I will go. If your spirit, if your presence is not leading, I'm not moving out of here. That was an Italian strike. Um, I guess. Second Samuel. Who is like your people, like Israel? The, the one nation on the earth whom God went to redeem for himself as a people. To make for himself a name. It's not about them. It's about his name. He is choosing them to make for himself a name and to do for yourself great and awesome deeds and for your land, before your people whom your, you redeem for yourself from Egypt, the nations and their God. For you have made your people Israel your very own people forever and you, Lord, have become their God. The emphasis is not on them. The emphasis is on him. And every time you idolize Israel, you take the glory from the God of Israel. And when you hate Israel, you hurt the heart of God of Israel. Psalm 121, he will not allow your foot to be moved. He who keeps you will not slumber. Behold, he who keeps Israel shall neither slumber nor sleep. Psalm 135 verse 4, for the Lord has chosen Jacob for himself. Israel for his special treasure. 
There's nowhere a single verse that says in the whole Bible they were so good and they were so perfect that that's why God chose them. Nowhere. Find me one verse where Israel is so good. Because it's not about them. Show me a verse that says that you are perfect. That you are so good and that's why God chose you. Hello? Isaiah 44, remember these, O Jacob and Israel, for you are my servant. I have formed you. You are my servant, O Israel. You will not be forgotten by me. God says that. Before I traveled, 25 years ago, I, I went on my first ministry tour and I almost got killed in this tragic car. Since then, I have back issues, just so you know. And they pulled me out of what used to be a car, and I thought I'm dead. And that was the time that I remember the Lord showed me that whenever I travel, first of all, I realize, he, I guess he wants me alive. <laughs> I survived. <laughs> I don't know if you know that, but I, I was on the Twin Towers the night before 9-11 also. And I was supposed to be there the next day, and I didn't. Well, it was impossible anyway. But my point is, God really had his hand on preserving me. But I remember when he, when he told me that I, I will go and talk about Israel and, and explain to people that they need to look at Israel and then believe in the God of Israel, he, he said that wherever I go, when they teach wrong about Israel, they get the entire rest of the Bible wrong as well. You cannot take one of the most important pieces in the entire word of God out and think that you will ever understand God, who he is, and what he's going to do. Joel chapter three is telling us that at the end of the tribulation, Behold, in those days, in that time, when I will bring back the captives of Judah and Jerusalem, I will also gather all the nations and bring them down to the valley of Jehoshaphat, and I will enter into judgment with them there. On what account? On account of my people, my heritage, Israel, whom they have scattered among the nations. They have also divided up my land. Zechariah 2, verse 8, For thus says the Lord of hosts, He sent me after glory to the nations which plunder you, for he who touches you touches the apple of his eye. Romans chapter 9, I tell the truth in Christ. Paul is so sincere. He says, look, I'm telling you the truth in Christ. I'm not lying to you. My conscience also bearing me witness in the Holy Spirit. He cannot be more sincere than this. He's giving you, I mean, three different ways to persuade you that what he's about to say is super important, and it's not from him, it's from God. He says, I have great sorrow and continual grief in my heart, for I wish that I myself were accursed from Christ for my brethren, my countrymen, according to the flesh, who are Israelites, to whom pertain the adoption, the glory, the covenant, the giving of the Lord, the service of God, and the promises, of whom are the fathers, and from whom, according to the flesh, Christ came, who is over all, the eternally blessed God. Amen. 
Paul says, if it was possible that Israel will be saved by me being accursed, I would have done that. But you cannot believe for someone else. Israel's unfaithfulness does not change God's faithfulness. This is where a lot of teachers are wrong. They think that the unfaithfulness of Israel causes God to change his mind. Absolutely not. Romans 3. What advantage then has the Jew? Or what is the profit of circumcision? Much in every way, chiefly because to them were committed the oracles of God. For what if some did not believe? Will their unbelief make the faithfulness of God without effect? Can you answer? Certainly not. Indeed, let God be true in every man a liar. Romans 11, I say then, has God cast away his people? Can you answer? Certainly not. For I also am an Israelite of the seed of Abraham, of the tribe of Benjamin. God has not cast away his people whom he foreknew. Jeremiah 31, thus says the Lord who gives the sun for a light by day, the ordinances of the moon and the stars for a light by night, who disturbs the sea and his waves roar, the Lord of hosts is his name. If those ordinances depart from before me, says the Lord, then the seed of Israel shall also cease from being a nation before me. If you want to bring an end to Israel, I'm telling that to the Ayatollahs, if you want to bring an end to Israel, take all your weapons, all your missiles, and aim them towards the sun, the moon, and the stars. And try to destroy them first. Because only when the sun, the moon, and the stars will be gone, then Israel will no longer be a nation before God. And by the way, there will come a day when that's going to happen. When? When God will make all things new, new heavens, new earth, in New Jerusalem, the Bible says there is no more sun, moon, or stars. And then, guess what? There is no more Jew, and there is no more Gentile. That's it. Only believers will be there. The Italian prophet Malachi, in chapter 3, verses 6 to 7. <laughs> For I am the Lord, I do not change. Therefore you are not consumed, O sons of Jacob. God says, I cannot change. I'm the Lord. And because I cannot change, and I will not change, Israel is not consumed. They'll never be consumed. Yet from the day of your fathers, you have gone away from my disordinances and have not kept them. Return to me, he says, and I will return to you, says the Lord of hosts. Hosea 5, I will return again to my place until they acknowledge their offense. Then they will seek my face. In their affliction, they will earnestly seek me. During the tribulation, seven years tribulation, the nation of Israel will understand that the rabbinical law, the oral law, all the tradition, all the religion is not going to help them at all. And it's only when they see the one whom they pierce coming all the way down from the clouds and they looked at him whom they pierced in Zechariah chapter 12 and they will mourn and they will cry and they will repent. They will see Jesus and they will understand all those years and we thought he is not our Messiah. Now we get it. Isaiah 45, Israel shall be saved by the Lord with an everlasting salvation. Salvation in Hebrew. You know what salvation is in Hebrew? Yeshua. 
They named him Yeshua because he is salvation. That's the name. Well, I thought his name is Jesus. Yes, in English maybe. <laughs> in Hebrew, it's Yeshua, and it means salvation. With an everlasting salvation, you shall not be ashamed or disgraced forever and ever. For thus says the Lord who creates the heaven, who is God, who formed the earth and made it, who has established it, who did not create it in vain, who formed it to be inhabited. I am the Lord and there is no other. Isaiah 45, I have not spoken in secret in a dark place on the earth. I did not say to the seed of Jacob, seek me in vain. God is not playing with Israel. Seek me and you will not find me. Seek, no. Seek me and you will find me. And you seek me and you find me. And you will see. I will not run away. I, the Lord, speak righteousness. I declare things that are right. Concerning the gospel, they may be our enemies for your sake. But concerning the election, they are beloved for the sake of the fathers. For the gifts and the callings of God are e re Vocable. Please, don't be wise in your own opinion. Why is he saying that? Because Christians tend to be what? Wise in their own opinion. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, it's not good. In 2 Timothy, if we are faithless, he remains faithful because he cannot deny himself. And so I guess believers can be wise in their own opinion. And that is how the diabolic replacement theology was born. The notion that God was so disappointed with Israel that he is now rejecting them. And now the church has replaced Israel. The church is the new Israel. And now that's it. Israel is no longer God's people. That's what... The, listen, most people on planet earth that call themselves Christians, that's what they believe. Do you know that? So I'm saying, don't be wise in your own opinion. Proverbs 19. There are many plans in man's heart. Nevertheless, the Lord's counsel, that will stand. Isaiah 55, for my thoughts are not your thoughts, neither are your, your ways for my ways, he says. As the heavens are higher than the earth, so are my ways higher than your ways. Ladies and gentlemen, I want to run. I just want you to know, James acknowledged the fact that there are two different uh, 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 wisdoms and people think that they are wise there is the earthly wisdom and there's the spirit wisdom who is wise and understanding among you let him show by good conduct that his works are done in the meekness of wisdom but if you have bitter envy and self-seeking in your heart do not boast and lie against the truth the wisdom does not descend from above it is earthly sensual demonic for where envy and self-seeking exist confusion and every evil there are, thing are there. But the wisdom that is from above is first pure, peaceable, gentle, willing to yield, full of mercy and good fruits, without partiality and without hypocrisy. And yes, blindness in part has happened to Israel. Because of the hardening of their heart, they were trying to establish their own righteousness. They thought that they don't need Jesus. They thought that their good deeds will lead them to God. But they kept failing and failing and failing. The hardening of the heart, the ignorance, it was a terrible thing. But then, of course, it was for a reason and it was for a season. God used even that hardening of the heart as a good thing. Because when they hardened their heart, then God turned to the Gentiles. Look at you. You are the fruit of their blindness. 
Because they, the Bible says, because they uh, 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 blindness, because of their blindness, salvation was given to the Gentiles. Wow. Thank you, God, you should say. <laughs> I understand now the mystery of the blindness. You cared about the Gentiles as well. You used that to reach out to the rest of the world. But look, now you have a job. It's not over yet. The Bible says the following thing in Romans 11, chapter, verse 28 to 32. Concerning the gospel, they are enemies for your sake. But concerning the election, they are beloved for the sake of the fathers. For the gift and the calling of God are irrevocable. Now listen to this. For as you were once disobedient to God. When I say you, I want you to raise up your hand. Okay? Okay, watch this. For when you were once disobedient to God. Can I see your hands? Yes? Yes? Keep them. Hi. You were disobedient. Okay. Even so, these also have now been disobedient, that through the mercy shown, you, hands up, they also may obtain mercy. See? That's the mystery. They hardened their hearts. God opened his arms. The Gentiles are believers. And now the Jews are looking at you. And now you show them that there is one way, one truth, one life. And his name is Yeshua. He is their salvation. And they need to believe in him in order to be saved. For God has committed them all to disobedience that he might have mercy on all. Oh, the depth of the riches, both of the wisdom and knowledge of God, not of man. Mans are foolish. God is wise. <laughs> he says, how unsearchable are his judgment and his ways past finding out. For who has known the mind of the Lord? Or who has become his counselor? Or who has first given to him, and it shall be repaid to him. For of him, and through him, and to him are all things. To whom be the glory forever. And all of God's people say, Amen. Amen. Father, I thank you for your wonderful plan of salvation, that even though... Blindness, in part, indeed, has happened to Israel. It is only for a reason and for a season until the fullness of the Gentiles has come. And shortly, Father, once they accept you and the millennial kingdom will begin, earthly kingdom will move back to the land of Israel, to the city of Jerusalem, to the people of Israel, and Jesus Christ will be the King of kings and Lord of lords from that place. But until then, Father, remind us all that you have a heart for that nation and that we have a role in their salvation. We ask that you will remind all of us to pray for the salvation of the Jewish people, to understand that you are not done with them, to understand that today is the day of salvation. If any can be saved now, they can actually even escape the great tribulation that eventually will lead for their salvation. I thank you that you open your arms for the Gentiles 2,000 years ago. 
and those who were not your people, lo ami, are now your people, ami. We thank you and we bless you. And we ask that in the matchless name of the Holy One of Israel, the Lamb of God, the Lion of the tribe of Judah, the King of Kings, Emmanuel, the Prince of Peace, in the name of Yeshua, our salvation, we pray. And all of God's people say, Amen. Amen. God bless you. Thanks for listening to this podcast featuring Amir Sarfati, founder and president of Behold Israel. Connect with Behold Israel on Telegram, Facebook, YouTube, and Instagram. Download our free app, available in Android and Apple under Behold Israel. Amir's teachings can be found in multiple languages. You can also visit our website, beholdisrael.org.